Welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Hi, I'm Stefan Kazakis from Business Benchmark Group and welcome back to our podcast series. Today's episode is a sharing with a client of ours, Chris Galeer from Polyshine. You know, the sharing that Chris um, is okay to put out there in terms of his you know, very vulnerable position of being down to his last thousand dollars in the bank. And he was overseas in a, I've got to do whatever it takes to get a deal over the line. And and at that particular point, he was in Singapore and the person he was meant to meet that would have made a difference for him when he only had a thousand dollars left in the bank account stood him up. And to hear what happens next is just simply Simply, it's, um, you know, when your back is up against the wall, and I'm sure many of us, I know I have um, definitely experienced back up against the wall and how you you build the resilience and you grow the tenacity to just uh, push through. And, and for many of us, it needs to continue with us, not, oh, I'm through now and everything should be okay. So Chris is sharing as to uh, how he got through that and how he has evolved the Polyshine business to go from strength to strength is simply stunning. I hope you really enjoy this. Stefan Kazakas, Business Benchmark Group. So this was a business that was purchased in 2008 in an industry that was, I guess it's, it, it was one of those industries that was doomed and, and, and dying. It, it was um, supporting manufacturing industry in Australia for, for many years and, and it was purchased in 2008 or taken over in 2008 by uh, this fine young man we're just about to hear from, Chris Galeer. And the business is called Polyshine Finishing. And what it actually does, it, 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 it sort of uh, provides um, material, whether it's hard material or liquid material, in terms of shining finished products. So there wouldn't be one or two things in here that haven't come through a shining process to make it look at at the finishing aspect of a product before it goes to market. So automotive, kitchenware, our phones and what have you are all going, you know, it's all part of that production line process. So it was purchased in 2008. It was a dying industry that um, I guess it was um, supporting in Australia and, and, and in parts of the world. And, and more to the point, it was in Sydney and this young man with his family were based in Melbourne and he did have a very young family at the time. So he bought it in 2008 and he's gone on a bit of a journey. You'll hear a little bit more about that in a moment. It has increased its, um, its, its income and revenue in the last 12 months by over 18%. The majority of that increase has been in exporting um, his product, their product, to other markets in the world which are thriving or growing as far as the manufacturing industry is concerned. Uh, it has a sal- satellite office right now in Singapore with people that are, are part of our payroll here in, in, in the business and they're based there and they look after the, the affairs of our Southeast Asian and to a certain degree European customers. Um, our research and development support and supply of product to shine chrome componentry has meant that both the Mitsubishi BT-50 and Ford Ranger plants in South Africa and Thailand have increased their productivity by over 200%. So why I put that as a fast fact is 
Chris's and his team's ability through R&D to get out on the ground and watch how the function of a production line works. And, and this is the end, right? So if you got, think about bull bars at the end of a production line and they can't really go out scratched or, or um, you know, uh, misty or whatever. I mean, they need to be shiny, right? Otherwise, that'd be the first thing that most purchasers would look at or the showroom will complain about it. So his ability and his team's ability to get out on the ground and understand how their production line works and coach and train and reconfirm a couple of modifications in their product help the production line now push more product through. So a very important um, fast fact for us to understand, not only is it shipping um, product, but it's shipping intellectual property, it's shipping ideas, it's shipping solution from looking at it from a mechanical perspective as well. Uh, we will be operating two shifts at our Sydney plant from January 2016. We are scheduled to be supplying the Apple phone, iPhone factory in China, 100 plus tonnes of liquid polish per month from March 2016. We are currently we are currently exporting one 40-foot container per month and we are scheduled to export eight 40-foot containers per month by May 2016. So a lot of the work that this business has actually invested in in the last 12 to 18 months is getting out there and promoting its, you know, its solution to the world that needs it versus trying to do it in our back end, backyard here in Australia where it's a dying industry, as we know, the manufacturing industry. So without further ado, I want to introduce a, uh, a very humble yet very, uh, very smart man, um, Chris Galeer. Okay, so where, where I want to start, I want to start from that, from that moment, you know, so you moved, you were spending endless days, nights, weeks in Sydney, sleeping in the factory, your family yep. with two young boys um, under the age of five, don't say anything yet, I'm talking. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're back at home, and Samantha, your beautiful wife, is um, you know doing her best, and, and you guys had a very clear understanding that I've got to make this work, and everything was on the line, including your home. You had a passion. You knew you had a solution, and 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 that's one thing, right? But when it comes down to your last thousand dollars in the bank and a very important meeting in Singapore, and you get on the plane, and that's your last thousand dollars in the bank spent in 2010. Um, and you go to Singapore, you're pretty excited and you're pretty committed and this must work. And the person or the organisation no you're meant to meet <laughs> stands you up, yeah. they don't show up, <laughs> and you're, uh, you're staring out from your hotel room yeah. to ADS this amazing... Floor. <laughs> Which floor? 80th floor. Were the rivets in the window? Yes. <laughs> I'm glad they were because I was... Okay. So, 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 so I'm, just paint, I'm painting a picture which is real here, right? And for many, many of us in business, we have a version of this story. Last thousand dollars in Singapore, doing the best we can to make it happen, and you get stood up. And all you've got now is the 80th floor, watching Singapore hustle and bustle, and yep. what else? The yellow pages. And okay. that, that, um, that made a difference, because I had um, the meeting that I had pr booked in prior, was a thing from memory, about 10 a.m. I flew in at about 12, I think, that night. And um, I got a message once I got back to the room that night. Um, we can't meet till later in the afternoon. I said, far out, what am I going to do? So I sat in the room. I've never been to Singapore in my life. Never out of the country, for that fact. And um, so I sat in my room and I think, what am I going to do for the next three or four hours? So I've um, I sat at, you know, in your room. You've got a little bit of a 
a business desk or whatever there and I opened up the drawer and the yellow pages were there. I'm going, far out, they still have books here. So I got it out and I'm just flicking through it and I've gone, oh, hang on. I'm sort of in our market. I sort of went straight to that page and I've opened it up and said, oh, yeah, I know that company. I'll just call them. I've got nothing to lose. So I called them and lucky enough, the sales, sales manager for that company had walked, walked in the door and answered the phone. He was the only one that could speak English. So I thought, far out, someone's looking after me. And I said, oh, look, can we meet up? I've, you know, I've got three or four hours spare. I, do, I make polish for um, cars and all that sort of things. Similar market to what you guys do. Are we able to meet up and have a discussion? So about 15, 20 minutes later, they're at the bottom of the hotel wanting to, to meet up and it just all started from there. It, um, they gave me opportunities where you need to talk to this guy, you need to talk to this guy. I said, oh, okay. So at the end, my meeting that I had in the afternoon didn't happen and I was fully booked out anyway from just from there. And now to today, today they work for me, those guys that answered the phone. So. And <laughs> so, there's more to it, but yeah, that's, we, haven't got, uh, we haven't got time. I think that's the line of the morning. <laughs> Let's just say, now they work for me. No, that's, and, 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 and that is the Singapore office. Oh, that's, that's and, the and, office, yeah. And they're very committed and they're, and they're absolutely brilliant at what they do these days. And they had the same passion. So that, that's, what, that's what was the deal breaker for me. But can I just say, when you receive a phone call, and it just may mean something. You do whatever it takes to turn up. Definitely. And at least listen, then make a decision about whether you say no. Does that yep. make sense? Opportunities yep. all around us, how you take it is yep. quite interesting. You never so, say no. I've never heard the ending <laughs> of that story. So that, that was, I never realised that was Singapore. Okay. Yep. Uh, what were the there. crossroads in your business? Now, so when we think about, you know, so off you go, you're off and running and you're, you, you've realised that the business can't grow as you would wish to support your business, your life, your, you know, supporting the family back here in Melbourne. It was never going to happen. So fast forward a couple of years, Chris, the crossroads of your business and, and, and what actually, you know, what was holding you back? I mean, you had passion. That's fantastic, right? Many yeah, people do. It was, um, yeah, I've got to get my thoughts back. Um, we moved, like, after having put in the hard yards earlier on in the, the 90s, it was, um, we got to a certain step there where we basically we had everything out on the line and we knew we could go. We knew the market needed our product because it was high end and we just had to make that commitment of getting, getting the right team behind us and, and, and getting it out to the market. And then it's just, yeah, just moved on from there. At what point did you realise that, okay, putting the right team and putting the right structures and ultimately having the right product and all that, yep. all those moving parts need to be better. At what point did you recognise that, hang on, I've got to sort of step out and ask a few more questions? I was doing it all my, on my own and I was, yeah, it was taking its toll on my, myself, my family. So I thought, no, we've got to... Um, We've got to take a step back and have a look at the big picture now. This is just not our little backyard show anymore. This is, this is basically what they keep telling me. It's Hollywood now. So it's, 
it's um, so we had to step back and say, righto, we need to get some outside help. Well, I had to because I have really no one else. I mean, I have my wife there, but you try you try and keep that fine line between work and home, which is quite hard. But um, then we knew Steph, Stefan for a number of years prior, and from time to time he kept prodding, prodding me and prodding me, and I thought maybe this is the maybe this is what I've got to I've got to take jump in the deep end here and go. Come on, let's get on board with. Uh, Stefan's team and um, yeah never have never looked back and it's been over 12 months now and yeah it, we're just going bigger and better. So, so what were the principal changes that needed to be made and, and this is about you and your story right so the principal changes it couldn't it wasn't sustainable in you trying to be everything no. and that goes back to some bad experience in, in yeah. previous Probably. businesses yeah um, so you had to break that mindset of starting to trust again, yeah. but also trusting yourself a little more to be where you needed to be. Yeah, I'd been burnt quite badly in prior, prior days, and I kept everything so close to me that that's what was actually doing the damage to, me, to, to, me, to myself and to the business. Once we lifted that off and got that out, it just made it a, a whole better place. Um, like the facility now in Sydney is working like clockwork. I've got um, I've got a manager in now. He looks after it. He's he's discussing things with Stefan and and yeah, it's all working like a really nice, happy family. And they they've all got the same goal, and they want to see this thing succeed. So that that was the key. The game changer, I thought. And, and, and in fairness, you've invested probably 50% of your time this year overseas, which again yep. keeps you away from your family. But it's a clear, it's a clear strategy. That's that's the hardest thing to probably to take on board. I mean, it's it does take its toll. Um, there's many times when I'm flying back to Australia, and you know, I sit there and I'll have a tear or something run down my cheek and thinking far out, what have I done over the last you know, four or five weeks? I'm coming home to my kids and my wife. Um, and then you, know, you get a contract and you go, wow, it's all worth it. It's all worth it. And, then, and it just, yeah, and it gives you that passion to keep going. Um, and then once you've got the right systems and everything in place, then maybe in days to come, you can employ pe other people to do that as well. So. It's, um, yeah, it's a... So, so having a product that's um, recognised or, or, or continuing to be recognised as a genuine solution for tier one suppliers, tier one manufacturers, you know, whether it's the yeah. Apple phone, Harley-Davidson, Mitsubishi, Ford, and, and yeah. you know, kitchenware such as Tefal or Tefal, whatever Tefal, or, yeah. Um, yeah, when you think about all that, jewellers that, you know, yeah, in India jewelers, and yeah. China that are moving, you know, tens of thousands of units are preferring yep. to use your product right now. When you realise the strength of the product and the solution it has, how are you making decisions as to where your time it's, with those opportunities need to be invested? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, because our, we've made the business diversify in so many different areas and different markets. So if one market, one market's quiet, 
we've got others there to cover, cover us, so to carry us through. So it's um, once these people find, found out that we actually physically come and discuss what their issues and what problems are, and we can solve those and better their systems and process and get their costs down, it's like you're, you're their best friend at the end of the day. And, and the, the best thing is, is being able to supply them your product and, and they, they're using it along their, their production line. I mean, it's like we're going from jewelers like Rolex, Tiff, Tiffany, um, and George, Jensen. George Jensen's another one. <laughs> the, yeah, I wasn't, wasn't going to say that. <laughs> there's a few. I was going to say yeah. George, my accountant. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, like it's, it's, they are very high end, so they only look at the high end product. So we, we've just kept our, our, I mean, people have said to us, oh, why, why are you so expensive? I said, well, try our product first, and with that product comes our knowledge and support for that product. So like with um, the project that I just completed earlier on in this year for Ford, for the Ford Ranger, was they had no idea what to do. They had all these orders for the, for the Ford Ranger for this year, and they couldn't deliver. So they had 2,500 vehicles that had been ordered and paid for sitting in their lot in South Africa, and they couldn't ship them. So I had three or four weeks in South Africa where I, from a bare factory floor to producing X amount of product process and everything, they wouldn't let me leave until we ended up with their target. Um, so, which we did, otherwise I wasn't coming home. <laughs> um, and yeah, it just, and then from there it went to um, the BT50 and then it went to GM. And so it's then now we're getting a, a reputation around the world in different markets on what we can do. So, which is, um, which is pleasing to see after all the hard work we've been doing. But being selective about your target market has been a massive it's, breakthrough. Yeah, it, it's been more of the, like, we've got, probably the high, like the high volume, whereas we, where we can, we just turn on the tap and we just start, just keep making. That's where we can make our really bread and butter. But then we can also do smaller volumes, like in the jewelry industry where we make big margin as well, but we, man, we can manufacture less. So it's a, yeah, it's just picking where your, your target, your, your best target is, where you've got the best revenue and then in between, you can fill in the fill in the gaps when you've got the spare time. I want you to share. Um, I want you to share the. Uh, I guess the, the the creation and the evolution of our sales process, the ability to understand step one, step two, step three, seven steps, four touches, gold. Right. <laughs> I want you to um, share a little bit about that because that, that's been a massive system for the business this year. Yes, it, it's been a. Because in the, on the international market, especially throughout Asia, they're more of a, a face, they take you face on face and they, they test you out. So we made it that we've got, I said, Rotto, we've got three on our team that are going to be travelling constantly for the, for the past eight, eight to ten months. Meet, meeting the people, so we, we, we'd, meet, we'd meet the owners of the businesses 
then we'd be out on the production lines. We'd do a scope of what they were doing, and then we'd come back and say, righto, what can we do for them? So we'd then offer them advice. Look, you can do this. We can, we can modify products to suit your needs. Um, and then the biggest thing we had was, well, can you really do that? Nobody's ever offered us that. So, well, that's the edge that we, we're, we're trying to, to sell ourselves as. We can modify to what you need. And we moved, um, so from then on, we'd do a samples. We'd fly our samples in, make sure that they worked. Then it's another bigger, bigger volume, say from 20 kilos to 100 kilos. And then from then on, it just flows on to the bigger stuff like 20 tonne a month. So yeah, and having that, I think the, the valuable thing is, is having that one-on-one -on -one with the people that are actually using the product. You know, they don't have to listen to like a, a salesperson as such. They've got the actual, the owner who's got the passion for it and they then, get a sign of relief that they've just not got a, a door salesman there trying to sell them product, what, what they've been used to for the past 10 or 20 years. Because the biggest thing we would get, I was finding was we've never seen anybody coming and explaining how their product works. It's just, it's been done this way, we just order it from there and that's it. So we're going through and improving their process as well and to getting their costs down. So, that's a, a, a key winner for when we're trying to sell to sell ourselves, and it, it's paying off. And I think it's um, it's worth touching on this only because it's it's exciting, right? So in March next year there'll be a new production line. We will keep the brand anonymous, <laughs> other than it it's in your fruit basket, right? <laughs> yep. But because uh, we've got confidentiality uh, and you're in a camera. Situation. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So, but this product, this product's going to be manufactured in uh, March onwards in, in a part in the world that's got as far as the eye can see deep, yep, and as wide as the eye can see, yep, wide. Robots. Robots. Robot machines, all automated. And yep. it's going to be manufacturing 800,000 units a day, of this thing, that every yep. one of you have in your pocket. <laughs> and, and we yes. we are. The ink is it's drying on the contract that's, that's not yes. far from being confirmed. It's nearly ready. And it's been a year in the making. Um, been a lot of hard work. We'll be shipping 100 tonne of liquid, liquid Polish. product, which equals four, four containers, four, four 40 foot containers. Four 40 foot containers at a minimum per month for the next four years. So what does that do to your business? As only wow. half of your business. <laughs> no, because that's only half. It's, yeah, it's... It's going to open up a lot of doors, a lot of doors. So this four containers a month, would it's going to probably triple um, because there's other products that will flow on from, from what we're set, setting up. So as a business, it's, it will easily triple the size of the business with no end, without any doubt. Do you mind sharing the, the last sentence they left with you last week <laughs> over that long lunch <laughs> that the Chinese are very famous for? Um, what was the last word that was said to you? And, and I'll decide whether we edit this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what did they say? <laughs> um, 
make sure it works or you're not going home. Was the, um, yeah, I think that's the way it was left. It was just put bluntly. As he walked away from the, 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 the dinner table, he said, Chris, when the samples get here, make sure they work. Otherwise, you're not coming back to China. So, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, it'll are, work. It'll we, work. We are shipping one ton. We're shipping. Well, actually, yeah. we're air freighting air one freighting. ton. One ton of product um, at the end of next week. Is that right? Yep. Cool. Where's your business in 2020? As in dollar value, or I ask the question, you answer it as you wish. Um, we're we're definitely we're definitely going to be turning over. 10 million plus, and we're going to be at per least year five. Or quarter? Per year or quarter? We'll make it year for now. Okay. Talk it down a little bit. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> um, and yeah, we're, def we're definitely going to be in a much better stint. We're going to have a good team behind us, and moving forward, we're not going to be stopping. Once we've got, if we, once we reach to that 10 or 20 million dollars, we're going to go to 30. Then each year after that, let's keep going because the market, the world market is just huge. Okay, three, three tips for business owners that you have that are at a crossroad of opportunity, is it, isn't it? Fatigue, spending enough time away from home, not enough time at home. Last thousand dollars, three tips that you have for business owners who are at crossroads like that every other day. We see it no, every day. Know your product inside and out would be is the most important one. And before you're thinking about going globally, make sure you know your local market inside and out because then it'll make it much easier once you get into the international market. Um, secondly, getting, getting the right team working behind you, as in your staff. Make sure you get them into the right area that you want them in with their expertise working within your business. Because then that frees you up to do other things within the business for yourself. And most importantly is get outside help and support like we've done with, with getting Stefan's team on board because that's made a big, big difference to us especially where I was 12 months ago. Um, yeah, it was a saving grace, definitely. So I'd strongly, they, it, not, not because it's, they see, getting someone outside, they see things that you don't. Because as all business owners, we sort of get blinkers in and we're blinkers on and we're just moving forward on the day-to-day -day running of everything and we're trying to get involved with everything and make sure everything's going right. They pull you out. They said, no, that's not what you ought to be doing. You're the investor in the business. And yeah, it's definitely recommend getting, you get it, your life's better, life's better. I, um, my family life's getting better. It's, um, I'm not as stressed. Um, and just, yeah, making the right decisions and, and bouncing your ideas off somebody else that's not in your organisation. Um, and getting the support from them, yeah, that's the right thing to do. Let's, let's do it this way. It makes it much easier for you. I hope that answers it. 
<laughs> good three tips. Um, any questions? A couple of questions. George? Um, Chris, with this expansion that's going on, how have you been able to maintain the supply? What have you actually had to do to your production line? Good question. question. We had... Um, everybody asked me that question, how, do you, how, how can you support this volume? Well, two years ago I sat back, I bought, we bought the facility back in 08, it was quite run down. We've, they had so much stuff in the factory, like it was just stuff everywhere. So we, we've streamlined a lot of stuff in the factory, in the facility. Um, we've, so we, ha we just, what we did was double, doubled everything that we had, we mirror imaged what we were doing as a backup plan. We weren't using it, but it was there to be used. So with that, we can double our production at the, at the click of a finger. And then the other key issue with, with doing such a big volume is getting your suppliers on site and getting the support by them. Not 30-day accounts, maybe not even 60-day accounts but you've got to get them involved in what you're, you're doing and what you're creating, so they've got an understanding, say, oh, okay, this is what's happening, then they've got, it puts them at ease on, on like the credit terms and how it's, how, how it's going to work and what you're building, and it makes it a lot easier, much, much easier. And Chris has got Phil's phone in, on fast dial, <laughs> on speed dial. <laughs> That's a really good question because yeah. a couple of months ago, as we, we knew that this, particularly the uh, the, it was happening. the contract in China that's just about to be completed, there was a key ingredient that was coming out of Germany for which that business over the last nine months had a trend that it was declining its production space. So yeah. we needed to come up with a plan B. And our plan B was going to local mines yeah. so and we finding the raw product and refining it in our own plant under our own control yeah. to make sure that was not going to get in the way of this opportunity. Yeah, because we had to have that you because it's such a bit we can't afford to not supply. So we have to have plan A, plan B and plan C for just for just for the sake of having it for one day it will be used because I mean we had a scenario early on in the year where the facility in Germany broke down and we, were out, we couldn't get product out of Germany for two months. So that said, right, plan, plan B's got to come in place. So we started getting material out of the mine in um, That's okay. WA right. and yeah. And it's, yeah, mill, make it to our needs and yeah, we could just keep going. So, which then is creating more work for Australia too, which was more to the point. And we also see that as an opportunity to grow in a year or two as a separate business. Totally. Which totally. should deliver about five million in yeah. revenue alone. Any questions, Rowan? Chris, how do you protect yourself with copyright or copying of the product, especially in China? It's very hard um, because they, there's been many trying to copy. We've had, I've had three or four facilities copying our product. There's even southern China, there's some trying to copy it. But at the end of the day, it comes down to performance and they can't match it. Because you can, you can analyse our product, but you can't get exactly what's in there. 
So it's not just the product, it's actually the knowledge that we, we're not just selling the product, it's our knowledge that comes with the product as a long term. And the customers now in big production facilities are looking for that support because they, they don't want to worry about it. They just want it to come in and, and be used and, and know that they're guaranteed, the, the, the quality is guaranteed from start to finish. So end-to-end uh, end -end solution. Well done. Round of applause. Hi, I'm Stefan Kazakis from Business Benchmark Group and, and welcome back. I really appreciate Chris Scalia's sharing. Um, I guess, you know, it's not, it's not easy to uh, be at that point, that crossroad of almost broke and uh, um, I guess too many more days left in the month where your commitments continue to be higher and higher and ultimately, you know, that... Uh, that uh, very challenging moment where you've got to stare your family in the eyes and say, I think I have failed. You know, that is such a tough, very tough place to be. However, when you dig deep and you, uh, you, you, you exemplify courage and you think a little outside the square and uh, it's interesting what comes out of that, what comes out of that identity when you allow yourself to just uh, go on the groove of whatever it takes. I, um, I'm, I'm really excited, uh, I guess, um, for a couple of reasons. I mean, tomorrow tomorrow um, we have our, um, our first sales and intensive, um, sales and marketing intensive for the year um, with, with, with 24, uh, 24 of our clients. And um, I mean, we run this every, uh, every several months now, so it happens several times in a year. In saying that though, you know, that whole importance of the sales process, the building of a relationship, the ability to qualify and educate and help people be converted and ultimately your responsibility as a business as an individual more importantly as a business to keep clients for life how do you keep on evolving your business your relationship holding your customer journey to ensure that people are remaining clients for life and i loved how chris sort of tapped into that at the end of that interview and that sharing as to uh, how important it is for him specifically as he's doing a lot of business in Asia and how, you know, doing business in that part of the world as it is for any other part of the world, you know, you've got to be really cluey as to how you, 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 you create, you engineer, you map out the steps so that you have longevity and customer journey and customer retention front and center. I am Stefan Kazakas, Business Benchmark Group. We're helping every single client have a seven-step, four-touch sales process is square and center in the most important thing that we do for you and everything that we do for all our clients. I look forward to next week's episode of our podcast. For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 038008. If you liked this podcast, please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well. Stefan shares so much value in all his podcasts and we encourage you to go through the archives and listen to other episodes of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. Thank you for listening.